and welcome to the latest Register Kettle, your chance to hear about the news from the people that actually write it. And we have a fundamental question which has been bothering an awful lot of you this week, judging from the forum comments. To be or not to be in the office? Now, a bunch of Stanford boffins have come up with a piece of research showing that the return to office trend is stalling. Now, we obviously, we all had to work from home during COVID, those of us that could and those of us that couldn't were largely out of luck. But it does seem as though the shift by certain companies to go back into the office appears to be stalling. Now, Brandon, you've been covering the tech industry in this. Now, you would expect after 10 years of press releases about the benefits of working from home, they would have been all in on this, but it appears that's not the case. Yeah, you'd think so. You know, as uh, as the article that, uh, that Tom wrote earlier this week said, basically, it's completely stalling out. There's there, the number of hours worked uh, from home as a percentage of a full work week have been, has been pretty steady since like the beginning of 2022, really. Um, it's kind of surprising, right? I mean, not only, not only are, are people not continue, returning to the office, but like these mandates that have been put out by big companies like Apple have been, have been fought hard by employees and they've lost some pretty high ranking people who've mm -hmm. just decided this is not worth it. I'm not going to return to the office. I don't need to be here. Um, and so they've just, Taking their taking their talents elsewhere. I mean, it, just, it really shouldn't be a surprise, right? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it is interesting. I, I think one of the reasons Apple was so keen on this is we've just spent five billion on this fantastic circular headquarters, and nobody's in it. Please come in. But... <laughs> well, right. There's a lot of money tied up in facilities, right? So not only has Apple built its new headquarters, right, but like a lot of these these large companies, they have big investments, right, in, in commercial real estate in expensive downtown areas. And if those buildings aren't occupied, right, they're not getting their money's worth. Uh, and, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of companies, I think uh, Salesforce sold off or has rented quite a few floors in its tower or has been getting oh. rid of, you know, jettisoning that properties. I saw on the skyline of San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but like, you know, the bottom line is, is, is there's a lot of money tied up in these properties and companies want to get their money's worth. And that goes doubly for, you know, um, a lot of big companies in and outside the tech industry, both have money tied up in commercial real estate as investments. So a lot of pension funds and everything, they've got money in these commercial investments and as rents are, are not being paid or are being or contracts are being canceled or they simply can't find anyone to rent at rates that keep the investments floating mm -hmm. those pension funds are in danger too yeah no i mean this uh, this is it and this but there's the human aspect to this it's not all you know dollars and cents i mean in terms of employee life you know life quality work from home has actually been kind of a revelation it's allowed a lot more time for working parents to spend with their kids um it's also allowed you know just a greater flexibility in workflow styles. I mean, I mean, Jess, you've been out of our reg office for a, ever since COVID came in, but I mean, how are you finding it down there? And what are the key benefits and possibly pitfalls for work? Right, there's some pitfalls too. I mean, definitely the flexibility is, is a huge benefit for any working parent because I can start working before my kids wake up, then I can make them breakfast and drive them to school or ride the bikes, it's close. Um, and have that flexibility where I'm not having to leave an office to go take them in the morning or pick them up after school um, and can work around home home schedules too with the kids. So that's nice. On the, the flip side, um, sometimes it is nice to have that clear distinction where you're at the office. I don't need to be mom anymore. I can just be the cybersecurity editor and yep. I don't need to you know, alternatively bribe and threaten my kids while I'm on a phone call like I did yesterday. Um, 
so that they'll they'll stay quiet as I'm <laughs> talking to people for stories I'm working on. So duct tape, duct as your friend on this one, <laughs> right? But I mean, Richard, I know you've been doing this as well. How's it working in the UK? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the UK is, uh, I've read some reports that called it the work from home capital of Europe, although the same report was also used by some Lord. UK although politicians. we're not Europe anymore, but yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, and some UK politicians used it to say, well, you know, but, you know, we work from home because people worked on dining room tables and studies and patios. And I thought, well, I don't know that many people who've got dining rooms or studies or even patios in the uk um so i think certainly you're, you're in the country house <laughs> exactly, exactly well i mean i mean i'm I mean, I mean again speaking from my my, my personal experience i mean like like jess I, I i've really enjoyed being able to take my uh daughter to school and things and i've enjoyed not having the, the commute i'm also very fortunate because i i i have a, a home office at the end of my garden where i can go to uh and so i do have that division you've got a man shed haven't you I've got a man shed that I've filled it with Lego. Yes, Ian, you've got me. You've got me there. <laughs> you've got me there to write. Um, but when I'm in it's here... It's a long-standing British students. It, it is, it is. When I'm in here, I'm at work. Uh, and then I can then walk from here into the house. I'm not at work. And it, it's great because my commute is now... It's, it's, it's minutes. Um, and that, that changing quality of life, is, for me, has been, been, been wonderful. But, of course, there are some fairly substantial pitfalls, not least those people who are not in that kind of position uh, and, and have to work from their kitchen tables or those people who, who, who unfortunately, have jobs that depend on us being in the office. So it's, it's a really yeah, difficult I mean, this is, I mean, this is a major point. Because, yeah, I mean, we're very lucky in terms of... As journalists, yeah, okay, we're missing out on the going out and meeting people side of things during COVID. But, you know, it's not just, not everyone can work from home. My wife certainly can't. She's been going into the office since day one. I mean, there's an enormous band of people who depend on us actually being out there. Now, how do we solve that problem? That's a tricky one, right? And I don't think we've really accounted for that. I mean, the tech industry definitely is not, I don't, I don't think, right, a lot of the argument around return to office hasn't been framed around you need to come back because retail workers are losing their jobs, right? But mm -hmm. a lot of that is the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was yeah. watching a video on, uh, on the homelessness crisis in the United States right now. And one of the things that stuck out to me was uh, the narrator was talking about homelessness in uh, the Bay Area in particularly, and said that like, a, there's a non-trivial portion of newly homeless people in the region who, who have lost their, their homes because, you know, they were janitors or they were facilities people at these offices and they're not occupied anymore, so they're not needed, right? There's a, there's a huge fallout. You know, those of us who've been lucky enough to be able to stay at home and work and, you know, have, have noticed the quality of life or the productivity improvement, right? Uh, we're, 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 we're lucky, right? But at the same time, there are a lot of people who are kind of caught in, in the, in the fallout for this, that have become collateral damage to this massive shift. And it's like, yeah. you know, as we're saying, the economy is not shifting back, right? We're not going back to the way things were, you know, we've reached some sort of, some sort of equilibrium now. It does appear that way. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm, I'm a quick poll. I mean, how many of you do think are actually we were going to go back to the to, to the old days and getting and going into the office on a regular basis don't think yeah, so no. From that no. shake, I, don't, I don't think we will mm -mm. No. Yeah. i mean, I mean I think... we won't right i mean like yeah yeah i've been going back to the office actually increasingly <laughs> i've quite rather enjoyed it <laughs> it's well, nice exactly. to work around people again rather than just a cat pouring your leg well, that is one of the yeah, things it's nice to go yeah, talk it's... to people too it's nice to have that flexibility mm -hmm. 
Yes, exactly. And it's, it's, it's nice to socialize. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice, it's nice to, to, to meet people. But of course, um, you've also got to take into, into, into account things like, I mean, again, this is perhaps a UK issue, maybe, but, uh, the sheer cost of commuting can be quite prohibitive for going to the office. Mm-hmm. So when you say, Oh, we're going two, mm-hmm. three, three, three days a week, that can be the same cost as going in for the whole week, uh, for many people in the UK. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I mean looking British transport system. Now, um, this is something I want to bring up with you just because you're our security maven, as it, you know, as it were. What is the security side of this? Because, as I say, we've been told that we can work from home for 10 years. The technology is there. The security is there. Is it really there? It's, I mean, at the start of COVID especially, we heard horror stories about how attacks were going to skyrocket. And we did see a big increase in Fishes and phishing emails targeting employees. But honestly, I think that had more to do with the climate of fear. Um, criminals are, are yeah, well, really good at taking the, advantage the of that. Header, this is the important information you need to know kind of Right. Way. Yeah. But I mean, that also, we said happened with any national or natural disaster or humanitarian disaster, anything like that. So I don't think we can blame that on, on working from home. Um, it obviously does increase the potential attack surface. But that's been expanding anyway with the move to cloud. Um, even even when people were still working in the office, when you go home, you you probably still check your work email on your phone, mm-hmm. um, and you're probably checking LinkedIn. And we're also seeing people using personal accounts too for phishes. It's not and and phone numbers. It's not just work related phone numbers, um, emails, and the like. So. I don't think we can we can really blame the increasing attacks or the increasing cost of attacks on work from home. There's not a, a direct line between one and the other. Good stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, as I say, we've been sold on this. We're supposed to have the systems to set it up. But um, I don't know. It did feel in the first year like we were sort of living at work rather than working from home. How do you all manage the work-life balance now that we're sort of sometimes commuting, sometimes not? Now, I was just going to say, I feel sometimes like I, I don't really have it, right? Like it's, it's, I use my own computer for work. I, all my work stuff mm-hmm. is on there. I mean, the only real separation I have is, you know, I have two different Chrome profiles and I make sure to close uh, my email app and Slack once I'm off the clock. That's basically what I do. But then again, those are still on my phone. So I still get those messages on my phone. I mean, I think work-life balance has definitely shifted more in the sort of, if you're not perpetually at work, you feel like there's a certain degree of on-callness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would definitely say that that's been one of the negative effects of work from home, right? I think a lot of people, I've heard that from a lot of different people, that there has been that kind of blending of the work and personal life. Um, I think I'm just lucky enough that it doesn't really bother me that much. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm a bit of a news junkie, so if something breaks, it's, it, holidays are always the worst. It's also, you go on a holiday, oh, there's a great story there. But, but if I wasn't on a break, I would write this up in a heartbeat. Exactly. I mean, Jess and Richard, how have you found it? I mean, I think personally, I'm I'm similar to Brandon where um, I have my separate Chrome profiles, um, but I, I do feel like there's a sense of working from home means you could potentially be working all the time and it takes a certain level of discipline to say, okay, I'm, I'm stopping now and I'm just going to be home. I'm not going to be working from home. Um, but personally, I, I definitely think that the flexibility that it allows me, especially with my kids, Mm-hmm. Um, those benefits outweigh the the negatives. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think mean, it was an aspect of managing expectations, right? Like we've been hearing about the idea of like the creep of technology, eliminating the divide between work and home. And that was a case before COVID too. I remember writing stories about that and, you know, hearing studies about how people feel more like they're on call all the time because they can always be reached no matter what they turn off. So, I mean, Richard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Richard, the European Union has been doing some stuff on this in terms of actually making it illegal to contact workers out of hours. That's a, a curious development. Of course, in Germany, of course, it came first, yes. but um, quite, quite, I mean, hard, to, quite yeah. hard to enforce because, of course, you, you have to have the worker buy-in there as well. The worker has to be willing to disconnect mm. themselves, and that, that, that can be quite tricky. I mean, as for how I'm finding it personally, uh, I've, I've never really had a problem. I'm very disciplined or some might say quite lazy in that and I, and I will turn off this PC <laughs> on time and I will not look at it again. I simply won't look at it again um, because uh, I have found but I have found uh, that I do do longer hours because whereas before I had to catch a train at a certain time. Now it's a case of well, if I just yeah. know, half hour, another hour, I'll just do this last story and then I'll go in. And then so that that I find does happen quite a lot. But I, I've got a question actually for you, Ian, and for everyone else, which is, why do we think that, that, that CEOs are, you know, are, are pushing people to go back to the office? Why is this happening? Hmm. It's an interesting one. I mean, there's the, the traditional argument, oh, they're all just, you know, control freaks. But I do feel that particularly if you're a new employee in a company, then there is an enormous benefit to being around the team, getting to know everyone uh, and learning from everyone else's experience. Um, Jess, Brandon, what are your views on this? Yeah, Elon Musk has said a lot of the same stuff, right? Like the reason he wants uh, oh, well, Tesla and right, <laughs> right, but, he, but he's, I mean, there's there's a, there's a legitimacy to the argument there, right? A, a stopped clock is still right twice a day. You That's know, there true. is work culture and there is, you know, I think camaraderie among your employees is an important thing. And you don't get that if someone works remote from day one and only interacts with their coworkers when it comes to like quarterly reviews or what have you. So I think there's yeah. definitely an advantage uh, to being in the office. But I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to finance, right? Like there's bills to be paid, there's rents that are due. And um, and the CEOs who who are in charge of, of making sure that these metrics are met and these lines are crossed and I's are dotted and they're 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 having trouble meeting those those deadlines. Also, I, I've read in the past couple of years that it makes some CEOs seem a bit redundant, right? Because a lot of their role is managing the day-to-day -day operations of a company. And if the day-to-day -day operations of a company are dispersed to the wind, they're not necessarily as important as they think they are. There's well, no we were discussing this in the AI kettle earlier, where it's just <laughs> like, you know, can ChatGPT become the next head of ChatGPT? So we'll see. It already has. Okay, well, I think this is, well, I don't know the way things go there, but yeah. I mean, this is an ongoing situation. We're still evolving on this one, but I think we're probably all agreed that we're not going back to the old days. We're just going to have to find a hybrid solution which works. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see how it sorts out. Sorts out. And if you're a remote, a remote working company, then, you know, it's quids in time. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you very much all for joining us. Um, the kettle will be up on the site on the register as usual. Although if you prefer an audio only version, you can get it from your standard podcast provider. In the meantime, we'll be back with more news over the next week.